Well, as the guys are taking up the offering, we're going to go ahead and, and jump in. And, and um, we are looking at uh, a subject of, of uh, stewardship this month, the month of January. And today we're, we're kind of looking at the, the faith and, and trust aspect of, of giving and, and all that's involved with our giving. Um, let me start out by just asking a question. How much do you trust God? How much faith? Do you place in God? Now, to a large degree, your wallet is going to answer that question. And I'm not, I'm not going to browbeat. That's not my style. You know, after uh, several years as, as your minister, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm going to do. I just want to encourage. I love to encourage. I do believe God has given me a gift of encouragement, and I strive to do that even as I preach much of the time. But I just want us to, to realize that, that we have commands from God. These are not suggestions. Whether it be the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's in, in it, when it's talking about us giving, it's never in a suggestive form. It's always a command. Whether it's a command from God to the children of Israel to, to tithe everything, or whether it's a command from Christ to, to do the same. Whatever, uh, wherever we find these scriptures in both the Old and the New Testament, it is a command. And remember, like I shared last week, there's more mention in the Bible about money and stewardship and our attitudes. We're going to start talking about those next week, our greed and, and, and that sort of thing, than any other subject in the Bible. There's more about finances and stewardship and the attitude of all that in the Bible than any other subject. So it's obviously important. God knew it was important to us. Try to think of an area of your life that doesn't involve money. I mean, we, you're like me. We, we think about it every day because we have to deal with it every day. And God knew we would, and so there's some great, great direction and instruction. And I really think encouragement from God's word, uh, if we'll take it to heart, and, and trust him. So let's begin with a word of prayer. And then we're going to look at, at a, a single verse this morning of our main text. And kind of break it down as we go throughout uh, our time together. And, uh, and then we're just going to, we're going to leave here trusting God. We're going to leave here with a greater faith in God. We're going to leave here realizing God has never let me down. Why would he start now? You put your age there. If you're a young person, you say, well, you know, there may be time for God to let me down. But if you're a, an older person, uh, you'll realize God has been faithful through the years. Why would he stop now? You don't reach a magical birth date and say, okay, God says, well, you're at that age. I'm not blessing you anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. You're on your own. You should, you should have it mastered by now. No, not our God. Not our awesome God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. And I just pray that today's message would encourage all of us that we would realize maybe we need to look at our hearts and, and take some personal inventory and, and really uh, ask the tough questions about our faith and trust in you. And then to, to put that faith and trust into action as we decide that we are going to do biblically what you would have us to do when it comes to giving of our, of our lives our talents, our abilities, our monies, every aspect of our lives, that we will just trust you 
with every part of our life. So speak to us now, Father. I just pray that you would be the message and the messenger, that you would just speak to my heart and encourage me as, as well as encourage all of us to trust you more. None of us can, can say we, we trust you enough. There's room for improvement in every one of our lives. Help us to realize that and then to, to go and apply what we've heard and seen in your word today and then live accordingly. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It's not real, real long passage this morning. Uh, a single verse, but it, it's a verse that's packed. It is loaded. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, as I've already talked about in these opening remarks, the command is right here yet again. When, when this one word, give, it's in, it is in the imperative form, which means it is a command. It is, it is a must. It is not a suggestion. Jesus is not saying, and these are Jesus' words, they're in red. Jesus is not saying, when you have time, you might think about giving a little bit. If you get a little bit extra, you might think about giving some of that. No, it's just one single word, and Jesus means it, give. Give. It's also in the present tense, which means it's ongoing. Which means when we find out about something in Haiti, we, we should react. Now, we need to be careful because there are, unfortunately, the, the scammers out there that will take advantage of, of horrible disasters like happened in Haiti, and, and they, will, they will scam. So, so be careful. Be careful what organizations you give. I always recommend giving through church missions of, of various kinds. And, and uh, if you need more information, uh, certainly you can give money to, to, to Garrett, who will make sure that that gets down there to help meet needs. And if you want to give on an ongoing, see me, because I have some specific uh, ad addresses and things I can get for you that, that you can give, that you'll know the money is going directly uh, through the Christian church uh, to people in Haiti. So, so, but give, give. We've been talking about here giving and, and trying to meet the needs of our church. And, and, and there's churches uh, all over that, that uh, are struggling. John shared with the eldership yesterday that uh, First Christian Church in Canton, one of the oldest Christian churches in, in all of America, and was the first mega church of all of our Christian churches, is, is struggling, wondering how they're going to keep their doors open, and, and really uh, are, are, are hurting financially. So it, it, it can happen on a small level, a medium level, or a large level. And what we need to do in these times of, of, of economic hardship, we need to trust and have faith in God more than ever. We need to trust God more than ever. If anything that's happening with our economy, hopefully, is strengthening your faith in God. It is, it is helping you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've never missed a meal. Uh, I've got clothes on my back, a roof on my head, and somewhere 
Lord, but, but God's still providing in his ways. Now, again, if things get really tight, if things get really tough, why would God walk away? No, that's when he is the most present. That's when he wants to do his best. That's when we just have to totally trust and yield ourselves to him so he can do his best. But the command remains the same. Yes, it goes against the norm. We're thinking, times are tough economics, economically, so I've got to hold on to everything. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, give. He says, give. And it, again, is in that present tense. It needs to be believers. It needs to be our way of life. It needs to be our way of life. And notice something else. God gives back. God gives back. I, I love this verse. And you've heard me preach about it. You've heard uh, devotions, offering devotions on this verse. Uh, it, it, it's, it's incredible. But God gives back. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together. We're going to break those words down here in a few minutes, and you'll understand what they mean even more clearly. <coughs> Running over. All of this will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Give, and it will be given to you. God gives back. He is able to give back more than you could ever possibly give. And he even says, as we shared a few weeks ago at Malachi, trust me in this. Test me in this and see. Test me in this. Trust me. Test me in this and see if I won't come through. And he does. Most people, they, they try to, to have by hoarding. But God says the way to have more is through giving. <gasps> Nowhere in God's word are you going to find God blessing hoarding. In fact, you will find a lot of places where it brings horrible results. And it's not a, a, a command of God. It is not an attitude of God. It is not an attitude of anyone but the enemy. And so when you're hoarding, you're doing exactly opposite of what God wants us to do. And then also I want us to realize that, that our giving uh, is, is the best investment of all. We are investing in our eternity. Turn back to Matthew chapter 6. Again, a very familiar passage. Part of the Sermon on the Mount. I preached about a, a few, several months ago now. But notice what we read in verses 19 through 21. Jesus says, do not. Store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. My neighborhood all of a sudden has become the hot neighborhood break-in. We've had several break-ins uh, in the last couple of weeks. Even one of our church members had their house broken into and they stole practically everything. And so what do you do? We Lock the doors, lock the bolt now. I used to go to bed some nights and forget to lock the house. It's no big deal. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm locking everything. Even during the day when I'm home studying, I'll find myself locking up. But you know what? If we invest where we really need to invest, we're not going to worry about the thieves. We're not going to worry about things breaking. Get these new items, these new gadgets. You know, they talk about gadgets. Stuff more, stuff more, stuff. Lots of gadgets. 
you get your gadgets and, and, and you get them home and you start using the gadget, the gadget breaks. And it's always the day after warranty expires. Do you ever realize that? Isn't it? 60 day warranty. The 61st day the thing breaks, they say, sorry, we can't take that. But we'll sell you a new one. All these things. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now here's the key. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Eternal rewards. Eternal returns. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Believe me, God's watching your stuff in heaven. He's watching your investment, and nobody, nobody's going to get it. For where your treasure is, here's an important verse, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Hopefully both are invested in heaven. God gives back. Now, I like the translation that we we find in of our verse, our main verse of Luke 6.38, that we, we find from the, the uh, least expanded translation of the Greek New Testament. It, the title is long, <laughs> about any title I've seen, but, but it, it's a very good translation. This is a, uh, a man that has translated this from the Greek, from the original language, and here's, here's, his, here's his translation. Be constantly giving, and it shall be given to you. A generous measure that has been pressed down hard and which has been shaken thoroughly and which is running over shall they give. For with the measure by which you are accustomed to measuring, by it shall be measured to you again. Now that word pressed down, let's, let's look at that word a moment. Because in the Greek, first of all, this is the only place in all the Bible that you find this word. It's the only place in the Bible you find this particular word. It's actually a medical term. And, and it, it refers to uh, pressing strongly on the part of the body. For example, if you have to revive somebody, you, you, you give them those compressions on their chest. It's that, it's that type of pressing down. You're really pressing down as hard as you possibly, possibly can. So, so God is, is, is telling us, Jesus is telling us, I want you to realize that you give, and here's what God's going to do. He's going to take that same measuring cup or spoon or whatever you're giving, whatever you're accustomed to giving with, and he's going to press down. He's going to, 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 I mean, really press it down. He's going to compact that as much as he can. And then that next term, shaken, that is a, a term taken from the market of, of Jesus' day in which a, a salesman had been blessed by God or by whoever. And so he, he just wants to, to share this blessing. So he presses down and he shakes it to get it to go down more so that you can get more and more and more in this, in this uh, pot, in this cup, whatever container you might have. He's doing everything he can to get as much in it, even to where it's, it's heaping over just a, a little bit. And that is referring to what God does for us when we just give. 
Now, you may use the same measuring device that you use, and if you use, let's say you use a cup, you give God a cup's worth. Well, God's going to take that same cup, he's going to press it down. He's going to shake it to make sure it's all pressed. Then he's going to press it down again. He's going to shake it. Then he's going to, and he's just going to keep pouring in. He's going to press down and shake some more. Shake and press. Shake and press. Yeah, until, until that cup probably is the equivalent of two or three cups. And even heaping over. And he says, I love you. Now that's, that's the God we have. Is that the God we trust? That's, that's your question. But that's the God we have. That's what God wants to do. And this is not a get-rich theory. This is not the newest uh, 1995, you know, and you'll get all this DVD software stuff telling you how to get rich. No, 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 no. That's, that's some, some other kind of preaching, and I don't do that. What this is, is God being faithful, more than faithful, because we're faithful to him. It is God rewarding your trust and faith in him. It is God saying, oh, I love it when my kids give to me like this. They are showing me, they love me, they are showing me, they trust me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to bless them, bless them, bless them. And he does. He does every single time. Now, secondly, I want us to realize that tithing reflects our faith. I'm going to ask that tough question yet again. I began with it. It's time to ask it again. Do you have faith in the Lord? Tithing reflects that faith. Tithing reflects the amount of faith that you have. Do you have faith in the Lord? Tithing reflects a faith that trusts God. Tithing reflects a faith that trusts God. And you might say, well, Steve, you don't understand. We've got these bills, and, and, and we've got these medical bills, and we've got this, and we didn't know this was going to happen, and on and on and on. And, and I, just, I don't know if I can afford to trust God. I don't know if I can afford to tithe. I want to. I want to trust God. I, I want to do it his way, but I just don't know if I can afford to. Well, let me say, I don't know if you can afford not to. I really don't know if you can afford not to. Because I think what you're saying is, I trust in things, or I trust in money, or I trust in my world situation more than I trust God. Oh, no, I don't. Well, then show God. But, but, but that's not fair. Oh, it's, it's scriptural. We either trust him or we don't. And we can call it whatever we want. We can make every reason. I won't even use the word excuse. We can make every reason in the world. And we can justify our, our decision. We can say, well, you just don't understand. You're right. Because I have medical bills and other bills and surprises and other things that come up and, and break down. And, and, and so I, you're right. I, I don't understand because God has been faithful to my family. And I know he's wanting to be faithful to your family. So you see, the evidence, the evidence is in the faith. The evidence is in the trust. True faith 
shares the heart and compassion of God to those in need. And again, Haiti is a perfect example. True faith shows, shows God how much we love him, what he means to him. Let me ask you something. In your worship, are you giving of yourself? Are you singing, even if you don't have a good voice? That's not what the scripture says. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, only those with a good voice may be allowed to sing in worship. It doesn't say that. Or I keep my mouth shut all the time. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And if you're worshiping from the heart, and you're kind of sitting all by yourself because nobody around you can stand to hear you, that's okay. You just sit where you are, and we'll move, and you just sing your joy and praise to God, and God's gonna, is going to sing, sound like Pomerati to him. He's going to love the sound that comes out of your voice. He is going to love because it's from the heart, and it's true, true worship. So, once again, in your worship, are you giving of yourself? In every aspect of worship, do you give of yourself? Are you, during the preaching time, going, I wish that guy would shut up so we can go home? I hope not. Are you, during communion time, well, if, you know, we're at the end of the service, so I'll, I'll just down the juice and eat the bread and we'll, we'll get out of here. Oh, I hope not. This is the most important part of the whole worship service. And it needs to be a worship experience every single Sunday morning. And when you come through those doors, I'm hoping you're able to leave the world outside. It's going to be there when you get back out those doors. It'll be there to greet you. But I hope when you come in here, you can come in ready to worship, ready to just exalt God, ready to glorify Him, ready to thank Him. All of those things that incorporate worship. And of course, offering is a part of that. We do that every Sunday. It's not just to pay the bills and pay the salaries. It is a part of our worship. We are saying to God, we love you. We trust you. We have faith in you. Take this, God, and, well, you just do what you know what's best. So you take these monies, and you just do whatever you see is best. But I also want you to realize tithing affects our faith. Did you know that? Tithing really does affect our faith. I, I like what Adrian Rogers wrote. He said, a faith that hasn't reached your wallet hasn't reached your heart. Ooh. A faith that hasn't reached your wallet hasn't reached your heart. You're, you're, you, can, you can tell me, you can fake me out. I, oh man, I get faked out. Saul can fake me out now. I, I, he, I, I'm easy to fake out. So you can, you can fake me out really easy. You can say all the right things. I'm going to say, wow, this dude's really spiritual. But God knows your heart. He knows if your, your money is where your mouth is, as the old, old saying goes. The more we trust him, the more of us we yield to him. The more of us we give to him, the more we trust him. It just feeds. It just feeds each other. It just feeds on. The more we trust him, the more we give to him, the more we give to him, the more we trust him, and, and God just smiles all the bigger. And blesses all the more. I want to close by sharing this illustration of, of a monkey in Africa. You see, there's a, a certain monkey in Africa that's actually a delicacy for the, the natives. They eat anybody hungry. 
not a monkey. Well, there's this one particular monkey that, that um, is, I guess, very, very good. At least these natives think, think it is. And, and uh, they don't have, of course, the guns and stuff that we have where you can shoot them out of a tree. They had to get, uh, get smart, figure out a way to capture this monkey, and they found the perfect way, and it is foolproof. Works every single time. They built a box, and they put a hole just big enough for the monkey to, to get his hand in. But as, and they filled that box full of nuts and fruit. And then as soon as that monkey grabs those nuts and fruit, he tries to pull it, he can't get his hand out. And this monkey is so greedy, he is so stubborn, that they literally can walk up to him. He's watching them walk up to him, have something in their hand, bop him upside the head, and, and take him home for lunch or supper. He will not let go. He will not let go. He commits monkey side before he will let go of that fruit nuts. <laughs> you laugh, but let me ask you. Are you committing financial suicide? By saying, it's mine. I worked for it. I went to college for eight years. Finally passed. God, you don't understand. This is mine. This is mine. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, time out. You went to college. You got your degree. Who gave you that ability? Who put the intelligence into your mind to, to get through, well, you know, it's four years unless you go on to specialize in a field? Who gave you the ability? Are you sure it's yours? And then you got the job. Who really worked and who was involved in, in getting you that particular job, that career? And then you have all the things that you have. But, but honestly, honestly, yes, but if you have my paycheck, if, if I earned it. Well, okay. And where's God in all of this? So... We can, we, can, we can hold on just like that monkey. And we can commit financial suicide and say, God is mine, and God is saying, okay, fine, fine. If you don't want me, that's one thing God does not do. He does not force himself upon any of us. That's, one of, that's probably one of the hardest things for him. You talk about control. Oh, the times that God wants to grab me and shake me. Say, boy, will you get it right? But he doesn't. He lets me make those mistakes. Stumble and fall. Now, here's the, here's the awesome thing about God. The very minute that I stumble and fall, and I realize I've blown it, and I just begin to cry out to him, he's right there, and he reaches down. And he says, come on, Steve, let's get it right. And he picks me up, might give me a little swat in the behind, which I need, but then he very quickly takes me. And he says, I love you. Won't you, won't you do it my way, please? I really know what's best. If, if you just trust me, now, I know I'm talking to a lot of parents, and you understand exactly what I'm saying, because you've been there with your children. 
And you just want them to do it your way because you really do know a little more than they do. Now, the older they get, the less you know. I understand that. But, but, but you do. And you know what's best. And you know you love them with all your heart. And God is a perfect parent. We're not perfect parents, Saul. So no comment, please. We're not perfect parents, but, but God is the perfect parent. And he truly does know what is best. He's creator of you. We're just the mere creation. So why wouldn't we want to trust him? Why wouldn't we want to do it his way? Why wouldn't we want to say, Lord, I tried it my way, and I stumbled, and I fell, and I got up, and you helped me up, and I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. But it wasn't long until I went back to my way, and I stumbled, and I fell. Folks, how are we going to stay in the muck and mire of this world when, when you could be so much better than that? Because you're trusting God with every aspect of your life, every piece of the pie of your life, you're yielding it to God. And that obviously includes the finances. I'm going to offer this guarantee again. I've done it a couple Sundays, but I, I encourage you to do this for one month. To fully let go and tithe for one month. And if you are destitute at the end of that month, if you absolutely can't make it, if you cannot pay your bills, come see me and I'll make sure we give every dime back to you. Put the money back in too. I'm not trying to do business here at all. No, 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 no. I just want you to, to trust God. Now, now, don't do this saying, well, I'm going to do that shit. I'm going to show that old guy wrong. No, be sincere. And truly make it a prayer commitment to God. And the next Sunday, that offering plate comes out. If you just convicted this morning, you want to write a check, a bigger check than you wrote to begin with, that's fine. That's fine. We'll make sure that it goes. But I just, I just want to encourage you, more than, than anything, to have faith and trust in God. Because once you have true faith and trust in God, you'll be able to find your giving in every part of your life. And you're going to find yourself growing spiritually. You're going to find yourself maturing in him. You're going to find yourself becoming more like him in, in, in the ways that he would have you to be. For example, be holy because I am holy. You will find yourself becoming more holy because you're trusting God. You're putting your faith in God and you're pleasing him. And it's exactly what he wants. It is a win-win situation. But it's also your decision. So let's stand. Let me just say right now, if, if you are outside of Christ, if you've never given your life to Christ, that's a, that's a step of faith, but it's the greatest step you'll ever take. I just encourage you to come down this very aisle to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to have your sins washed away as you're immersed into him for the forgiveness of your sins, just like we read in Acts chapter 2. If you are a, 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 a believer, a Christian, but yet you're, you've been holding on to your part of the pot. You, you're, you've been doing it your way. and You find yourself dusting yourself off more than, than anything else. Well, maybe it's time to absolutely let go and let God. So I'm just going to encourage you to say, you know what, God? 
I'm, I'm, I'm just yielding myself to you. Forget the nonsense of me. It's not about me. It's about you. And number two, you're the creator. I'm just a creation. You know me better than anyone. You have a perfect plan for my life. So let me just follow that plan. Yay. Or maybe already in the Merce Believer, you want to be a part of the family here at Williamsburg Christian Church. Oh, why don't you come and join us? Even as we're singing this, this hymn, just come on down and, and be a part of the family. We need you and you need us, and together God can, can work, and we can work together. We can just grow in our faith and trust, and we can help each other in these areas as well. So whatever you need might be, God knows your heart. You probably know your heart if you'll be honest with yourself. And so just in faith and trust, act accordingly as we sing. Thank you.